Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Roshan. Lots to talk about in the world of football, including two teams who yeah. usually fight for first place. Uh, now in a bit of a panic situation. Yeah, they're used to fighting for trophies. Now they're fighting over transfers, right? Liverpool and Chelsea, obviously the two teams in question we're talking about. And by the looks of things, I know they drew at the opening weekend, but it's Chelsea 2, Liverpool nil in terms of transfers. Yes, we are talking about Moises Caicedo, who, uh, in spite of the fact, uh, uh, Brighton receiving a bit of $110 million from Liverpool, uh, Caicedo choosing Chelsea, so that dragged on a bit. Um, the replacement should have been Romeo Latvia, but uh, uh, Latvia rather, but uh, he chose Chelsea as well. Yeah, it's quite surprising, right? When you look at it as a headline perspective, why are these two players opting for Chelsea over Liverpool? Because Liverpool, you would think historically, have a more pull. But I yeah. feel like the Chelsea project is quite enticing. They're assembling quite the best young players on the planet and Pochettino is a guy who can get good things out of young players and mm. perhaps that's why there's such a big draw. I don't know though, but Chelsea... That that midfield area does look quite crowded. I mean, they've got Enzo Fernandez, uh, a Conor Gallagher who performed very well over the weekend. I get Moises Caicedo, but Lavia going in there, is, what, does he disrupt things? I think Pochettino seems like the type of manager who wants options, who wants sure. different options in terms of what he can put out in the pitch, what will work for them. And I get your question in terms of Lavia and Caicedo perhaps competing for one spot in the team. But I think it's a happy problem to have. And when you have bowly money, why not pad yourself up as much as possible and see what works? So then Liverpool not being able to shore up that midfield, which was a problem that was pointed out by many pundits last season. Do they panic now? I think that's the ultimate question. And judging by the seams of things, they have to start panicking because their midfield look well overawed at the weekend. And I'm not the only one sharing that sentiment. Jamie Carragher as well, speaking on Sky Sports, had this to say about his former club an absolute mess it's a joke and the biggest problem about it is Liverpool have known they've needed midfield reinforcement since about August last season 12 months ago so to not have things in order and it goes back to I know people think I defend FSG I've got no relationship with them at all but this is not on the owners this is on the structure of the football club when you go back two years when Liverpool were the model for every team in Europe, not just the Premier League, to follow. When Liverpool win in the league, get into Champions League finals, what are Liverpool doing? They're not spending as much money as other teams, but they're producing these players. Yes, they've got a great manager, but they had a guy called Michael Edwards at the top of, you know, at the, top of the club in terms of a director of football, transfer committee, whatever name you want to put on it beneath him, it worked well. He left. His number two then took over. He was in the job for six months. He then moved on. You've have to ask the reasons why these people are actually moving on for the football club. I don't know. I don't know what's going on uh, behind the scenes. A guy has come in from Germany who has got a relationship with Jürgen Klopp. He's only there for the summer. That's all he's there for. And then he moves on. Liverpool will then get another director of football. So in the pace of 18 months, Liverpool have had four directors of football. Now, they haven't got deals done. That is your job in that role to get deals over the line. The two players Liverpool bought had buyout clauses. There's no negotiating, there's no big deal to go about it. You just meet the bio clause. Liverpool have not got deals on, over the line. And it's been embarrassing the fact that you start with Lavia, don't pay a certain amount, then you go for Caicedo, you know, you, yes, you get something agreed. And that's why I will not be critical of the owners. They were willing to pay £110 million and break the transfer record. But to go with him, when he's been talking to Chelsea for three months, now go back to Lavia. I mean, I mean it's just, it's, it's an absolute it's mess. It's a sore one, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not- 
Wow, is it me or does it sound like the problems Manchester United used to have and Roy Keane commenting on the the recruitment? Yeah, exactly. It's shocking, right? The way Jamie Carragher has laid it out there in terms of having four directors of football over the space of 18 months, not getting deals over the line. And it's very uncharacteristic of Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool because for the time that Klopp has been in charge, they have been the standard bearers, the benchmark for deals to be done at good prices and the team to get better. But like Carragher pointed out, the two they've got through the window were because of release clauses and they've struggled otherwise. I've been following that story and uh, I was quite surprised to hear uh, Jamie Carragher say that it was because of uh, buyout clauses um, and I would have thought that it would be the branding and the pool of Liverpool that got these players or that would have got these players in. Uh, St. Jude Bellingham touted to go to, to Liverpool. I mean, who's going to fight with Real Madrid, right? It's Real after all. Um, okay, the structure is a problem do you see the end for, for Jürgen Klopp? I, I already predicted that I think Jürgen Klopp is going to struggle this season. Yeah. In fact, I went on record and said he might be the first manager to get sacked. But things like this add pressure on yeah. Jürgen Klopp yeah. in terms of getting his job done. Being a Manchester United fan, I've seen players arrive later in the window and then they need time to settle into that team. Sure. And we know how much Jürgen Klopp demands of his players in terms of tactical ability as well as fitness to carry out that, that high-pressure, high-octane football, right? Mm-hmm. So whoever they get through the window now has to hit the ground running. Yeah. And above and beyond that, I think the, the Liverpool brand that you speak of has taken a bit of a knock in terms of players choosing Chelsea over Liverpool. So I think now when they go out and sign players, they need to convince them that this is a project worth coming in for. And I think when they sign these players now, they have to try and pick up not just the morale of the manager, but the players as well as the fans as well. So I can well and see Liverpool going for someone like Sofian Amrabat, who's been linked to Manchester United, just to get one over an immediate rival and cajole the fans into believing a little. Apart from that, I think they need someone who is Premier League proven and hopefully that can come in the form of uh, Fulham's Yao Palinia, who's already had one good season and he will straight away come in with Premier League experience and hopefully settle in quite easily. Just looking at the lineups over the weekend, Liverpool against Chelsea and Liverpool lining up not quite the way uh, you thought they would um, considering the signings. No doubt uh, McAllister, Alexis McAllister in the middle. You've got Sabatzlai on the right, uh, Cody Gakpo on the left. A little bit lacking in terms of that midfield steal to hold the game. Um, the defence pretty much looks the same. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right back. Uh, but up front, uh, he did not start with uh, a guy who had a fantastic preseason uh, in the form of uh, David Nunes. Yet, if you compare that with Chelsea, you know, the way he's started uh, in in a 3-5-2 sort of formation, uh, Nico Jackson up top, uh, Raheem Sterling seems to have lost a bit, but uh, Enzo Fernandez running things in the middle, uh, Diasi, a new signing. So new signings are starting games, including uh, Roberto Sanchez in, in, in goalkeeping. So you kind of see that that plan is meant to be now, whereas with Liverpool, okay, what are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. And you talk about McAllister playing in that midfield. He's not your number six. He's He's not not going to show things up. He's more a box-to-box and that's his strongest game. So... In terms of that team that Jurgen Klopp put out, it was a bit makeshift almost, a message to the decision makers of Liverpool Football Club that, hey, look, I need midfield reinforcements. I know they have Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott to come off the bench, but those are not your Correct. first first names on the team sheet kind of players. It's all about evolution, right? And, and Another team where you see very strong evolution, you see a plan, a structure, is a certain Manchester City. But for the longest time... Um, 
everyone has pointed out how you lose this Kevin De Bruyne guy. <laughs> um, who is the replacement? And to be fair, Guardiola hasn't found that replacement. Now he's without De Bruyne for what four months? Yeah, so exactly the 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 lookout for a midfielder is not restricted just to Liverpool, right? Man City now will be in the market for a midfielder, albeit a very different type of midfielder. Yeah. But they need a player to come in and fill the very very big boots of Kevin De Bruyne. And yeah. I've seen Pep Guardiola use Alvarez a couple of times, Julian sure, Alvarez. Sure. This is in that position, that uh, man in the hole type. Exactly, of thing, right? but yeah. it's still Kevin De Bruyne yeah. we're talking <laughs> yeah. about, arguably probably the top three midfielders to have ever graced the Premier League and just in terms of range of passing yep. if I were Erling Haaland I'll be worried in terms of my numbers yes. because how much does Kevin De Bruyne provide in terms of what I can yes. finish so it is a bit of a pickle they find themselves in mm. and it's also considering Riyad Mahrez has gone over to Saudi Arabia yep. you lose another creative player and we know Paqueta from West Ham was yep. linked I thought for the longest time that it was for a replacement of Riyad Mahrez but now it seems all the more urgent that they get someone not to fill the boots of Kevin De Bruyne because I honestly think that's impossible, but at least to provide competition for that creative position in the Man City team. So for the heck of it, I know it's only the start of the season. Does this change your prediction as to title chances for these two teams, uh, Manchester City and Liverpool? I feel like Manchester City... Okay, I know Kevin De Bruyne is a huge loss, but they still are such a great team tactically that Pep Guardiola can still make them a sum of their parts rather than reliant Mm. on one player. As for Liverpool, it can't get as bad as last season because by Klopp's own admission, last season was remarkably poor. But I suspect this season will be even more difficult purely because they've lost more than they've gained. I know Sabotsly and McAllister are exciting new players, But you talk about the players that left, James Milner, Mm. Jordan Henderson, Mm -hmm. Fabinho, Roberto Fabinho. There's there's so many... grinders, Exactly, and so much leadership and experience as well. So I think that's going to set them back. And this Liverpool defence, which is by far the most settled defence as far as a lot of teams are concerned because you consider Alisson, Van Dijk, Canate, Trent and Robbo... Mm but they don't look like they're a settled team at all. They're there for the taking, and that's because they lack that midfield cover. And as a Manchester United fan, again, (laughs) finding a holding midfielder is the hardest hardest thing thing to do in world football. We took so long to get Casemiro through the door, and he's had such an impact on the team finishing third and winning a trophy last season. I think Liverpool are going to find it very difficult, especially with the clock ticking in the transfer window. Well, as far as the transfer window is concerned, a couple of surprises popped up overnight. A certain Harry McGregor not going to West Ham. Why? Because he wants some payout money. 15 million. Greedy boy. I've, I've, I've heard that, that he's waiting for a payout. And I understand why you say it's greedy, but I feel if he's entitled to it, he's entitled to it. But I think Manchester United here don't want to let him go until they sign a replacement as sure. well, because yeah. then they will be one shot in defence, and that's not the situation Eric Ten Hag wants to find himself in. So I think for the club's sake, the club have done the right thing because yep. they need a player. Yep. Whether Maguire is going to be capable enough to step in, that's a different conversation. But I understand. I think Maguire is at a loss because his career is in a standstill here. That's the thing. If he's not playing, he's going to lose his England spot as well. And yeah. That's going to leave him in a difficult position. So that's why I think 
I don't think this is about how much the club needs to give him for the remainder of his contract. It's more Manchester United covering their bases rather than letting Harry Maguire go without a replacement. I'll tell you what, uh, one place that's going to be a lot of fun is Saudi Arabia, especially Al Hilal, that have signed Neymar uh, and unveiled him with that classic uh, number 10 jersey. My gosh, I I want to look at the benefits that he's going to get. Okay, Apparently, um, he's going to get a huge house with staff, um, 80,000 euros for each win for El Hilal, uh, as well as $500,000, you mentioned this yesterday, for each uh, Instagram story that <laughs> promotes... Go. What is he, an ambassador? <laughs> Does seem like it, right? And that's the brand they're buying. They're not just buying Neymar the footballer, Neymar the brand. And I think I touched on it yesterday. It's exciting. That plot line they're going to create with Cristiano Ronaldo versus Neymar, Al-Akhli versus Al-Nasser. I tell you what, Saudi Arabia is the place to be. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.